What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're back to talk about the UFC 290 pay-per-view going down this weekend from Las Vegas, Nevada. International fight. We got some good title fights between Alexander Prantoja challenging Moreno for the flyweight title. Yair Rodriguez and Volkanovski looking to unify the featherweight championship. And a pretty good pay-per-view card. It's taken some hits over the past few weeks, but still a good four fights on the top of the card. Um, some interesting fights going on throughout the entire card, so it should be a good one. And uh, I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Pretty good. And, you know, I'm <clears throat> excited to see, you know, the middleweight matchup in particular this week. Two guys that, you know, I mean, Whitaker's just been a staple. And obviously, DDP have been a big fan of his. And the guy's just, I mean, I just love DDP. I'll get into it a little bit later. You know, more so, but you know, I think that's definitely the fight, the, the, the best fight on the card for me. Um, and then that grudge match between Pantoja and, and and obviously Moreno is also pretty good. But uh yeah, solid card overall, a few squash matches, but I think it's fair. Few squash matches indeed. Uh you wrestling fans don't know out there, but um this this card will have several of them. Um, but um just a quick recap of last week. Um our boy, a couple of our boys came through for us, you know, Hinat, Dawson. We were both on those guys. Um, a couple of guys didn't come through for us as well. Uh, Ivanov, Max Griffin, um, but very good card overall. I'd say, you know, it was a good profit for me. 3.16 unit profit. Um, any, any thoughts from the card overall? No, other than, um, I mean, I think Kevin Lee looked, I mean, he just looked kind of the same way that he looked honestly against Diego Sanchez. It just, you know, even if he didn't get hit with that shot, I don't think it would have mattered, uh, you know, all too much. Um, but yeah, it was a good card overall. I thought, you know, Carolina held it down as well. That was great. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, they kind of went, I think, mostly as expected. I feel that on the we had that like one really abrupt finish in that Bruno versus uh Ruza Ruza Boya fight. Um, but overall, pretty good card. You know, not too yep, many um, Abus. Terrible fighter. Mm, yeah, that, that was a good one. Yeah, that, that, that was a good pickup. And the live number on Strickland was pretty generous there. That was uh, that was interesting. It was. I mean, he Albus might be one of the worst guys ever in a main event in the past several years. I mean, what what the hell was that, honestly? Um, He's trying. But, he, he tried. He tried a little bit. But Sean Strickland, he knew, he, knew what, he knew what he had to do in that fight. That was a silver platter for him. A lot of underdogs won. I think maybe... Six underdogs won. Uh, Brenner came through as a massive underdog in the first fight. That was a pretty crazy comeback. But, yeah, it was a good card. I enjoyed it. Um, enough about that one, though. We're moving on to the first of 14 fights in the lightweight division. Camuela Kirk taking on Esteban Ribovix. The odds for this one are uh, Ribovix minus 145, Kirk plus 125. Uh, reading the lines off a of bet online. And, um, you know, a lot of steam coming in on Kirk uh, the past few days. Uh, I think this is a close matchup. You got the more, you know, proven guy in Kirk uh, versus the the younger, um, more of a prospect in in Ribovix. Uh, I think we know less about Ribovix, um, but I still think the guy's promising. I think we saw a pretty good level up in that fight against Loic. You know, took that fight, uh, or well, Loic actually took that on short notice, but still, it was a new opponent. It was short notice. It was a tough wrestler, and I just think he looked good there. And he got up from a lot of takedowns. His striking looked good. He looked aggressive and powerful on the feet. So I like what I saw from there uh, from Ribovix. Kirk coming off a pretty long layoff, got dominated by Jackson in his last one. Um, you know, I I think 
I think this is uh, going to be Ribovic's fight, basically, because um, the way it comes down to is is on the feet. I just think Kirk is a little too like lackadaisical. He likes to kind of take his time and admire his strikes. I think Ribovic just goes for it. He throws he throws hammers. He comes at you hard. I just think he's going to bring a higher pace to this fight, and that's eventually going to win him this fight down the stretch. Might even knock Kirk out in these later rounds, uh, but the prices aren't too good on that. So I, I like Ribovic here. Maybe Ribovic live here. Uh, any thoughts for you on the first fight? Yeah, you know, the Jawaiian here, he's got some good attributes. He's got a few good skills. He's a decent grappler. Um, but I, I feel like, he, you you know, anyone that has paid attention to his career has seen that he's either sold down, you know, uh, often, or um, maybe fought other guys who also sold down, like the guy, the Daniel Swain, you know, dude, uh, Makwan Americani. Yo, Kevin fucking Froom. I mean, you know, Kevin Froom didn't need a he didn't need a slow down for him to get him. But the the point that I'm trying to make is, as he went up to the top level of the sport, it it seemed like after you know the early rounds, he's not really too much of a threat. Um, so you know, Ruben, you know, Esteban. Let me go with. Um, he hits the body. He changed. You know, I think he he's a little bit of a switch hitter as well. There appears to be maybe a bit of a reach uh, disadvantage here. Um, but I don't really think that's going to matter all that much, you know, to be honest, just the hands uh, of uh, Esteban, I think, are far superior. So, I mean, I think there's been some, you know, some action on the uh, on the Kirk side. I think I'm going to go against that here, you know, overall. He, he's also moving up in weight class, right? His last fight was uh, was at 145 against Damon. So, I mean, Rubivix is not a big 155 or so. I think that cancels out. But if I could get this under, you know, minus one, uh, Maybe 140. I think his words hanging out. We're trying to get close to the 130. I think I'll try to um, come in here, but uh, not not really antsy to pull the trigger. But I do think that uh, the boxing and the uh, striking should uh, should get him the win here. Yeah, good points about the body punching and the lightweight. I really hadn't thought about that too much, but um, yeah, I mean he he fought Swain at lightweight, but his past you know 10 fights all at featherweight, so he should be probably the smaller guy in there too. Um, we're moving down in the flyweight division next. We got Shannon Ross taking on Jesus Aguilar, two guys featured on the uh, the worst fighters over the past few years list. Um, uh, Jesus minus one forty four, Shannon plus one twenty four. Uh, what do you got in this flyweight fight? So, so you're you're just looking at uh, bet online for the props, right? Uh, I guess. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that's Overall. the only one that has the the, the props out. DK and Fandor are slagging uh, behind them. Oh, okay, okay. I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if that was a, a, a best fight odds uh, error or something else. Okay. Um. Yeah. You know, this fight I'm not that interested in overall. Um. Shannon Ross. I don't really think he's a UFC level fighter at flyweight. You know, I think he's got some talent, some skills, but overall, when he fights guys that you know, have the attributes with the talent and the skills, you know, it's it's not really a, a good idea for him. You know, Aguilar, I'm not sure if, you know, he kind of fits that mold, although I do think he's an okay grappler, Um, but he just not an overwhelming guy. These guys are just gonna, you know, go at it. They're like, they're like the, the minor league, the peewee football version <laughs> of like the Australian versus Mexican shit or whatever is going on across the whole card. So ignore this fight, honestly. Respect to both guys. Um, if I had to choose, I'm obviously picking Mexico every single time. My North American brethren, 2026, 20, we're uh, you know, we're united for the World Cup. And uh and yeah, so I'm gonna go with him, but uh I don't give a, I don't care about this fight too much. 
Yeah, so both these guys are no good, in my opinion. They're both just not good athletes. And flyweight, you have to be a good athlete. Um, and, you know, Jesus, his whole game is revolved around that guillotine. I think the guy's actually a pretty bad grappler overall, though. His wrestling, his bottom game, I mean, that fight uh, against Ferreira on the Contender Series, just piss poor shit. Uh, really bad grappling in that fight. Um, so... Um, Shannon Ross has a terrible chin. He's really has trouble taking punches, <laughs> but Jesus doesn't punch hard at all. So, I mean, for Shannon, this is actually a pretty forgiving matchup. Uh, and, you know, going into the fight, I was thinking, you know, there's no way I could consider betting on Shannon Ross, but just rewatching some Jesus uh, footage, I actually think I'm more eager to fade uh, Aguilar than I am Ross. And you are getting plus money, uh, which you probably won't get. Ever, I mean, you know, if if Ross wins this fight, you will probably never get plus money on a, an Aguilar opponent again, because uh, he will be the one being the underdog. Uh, um, which he probably should, be, um, because you know Ross, I think you know he can probably deal with the defensive grab or the offensive grappling. He could probably outstrike Aguilar, and I think this one actually will go to de- the decision. I think the odds for this one ending inside the distance are are off i mean they have aguilar sub at two to one that's no good so i think gtd <laughs> here gtd here is good shannon ross by decision is also good um but yeah what 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 was so funny about aguilar sub two? no the fact that that motherfucker's sub is two to one it's hilarious <laughs> it is so sometimes and, sometimes the most simplest uh you know, answer is the answer, Russians. <laughs> um, we're keeping things rolling in the Bantamweight division next. It was supposed to be a really sick fight between Cameron Simon and uh, Rodriguez here, Christian Rodriguez. But uh, Terrence Mitchell is filling in the Alaskan uh, Bantamweight champion or flyweight champion or something. Uh, but anyway, the Oscars <laughs> won. I didn't even know they had 125ers in Alaska, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, well he was on. Be- I thought you had to be husky to live up there, bro. <laughs> he he was on the Ultimate Fighter when they did like champions. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he technically won like a championship. Uh, yeah, AFC flyweight championship back in 2015. Um, <laughs> then Kai Car France just knocked him out in 30 seconds. But um, odds for this one are Simon minus 550, Mitchell plus 400. I mean, Mitchell uh, is kind of a role player. I haven't used that term in a long time, but man, I really think he's a, a big role player. I mean, he's winning fights and squashing guys up in Alaska, but those guys are, are barely real fighters, and so is he. <laughs> And, you know, when he <laughs> fights an actual real fighter like Cameron Simon, I think he's going to get exposed in there and he's going to get finished pretty quickly here. I mean, wouldn't even wouldn't be surprised if this one went under one and a half. The odds for that are pretty juiced. Um, 175. I honestly took Simon ITD when it when when the line first opened here. Um, but um yeah, I mean, Simon should make easy work, probably even finish this guy in the first, maybe maybe at the latest of the second round. Uh, so did you look into Mitchell at all, Ozzy? I mean, I I was watching that that uh what's it called that that tough. I saw that live when that when that dude got knocked the fuck out by Carcara Front. So you know I'm aware of this guy. You know, obviously, like you said, he's he's pretty you know skinny for the weight class. You know, Simon though he's just a nasty dude. You know, I like how you know just his background. He just throws a ton of shit, dude. He's throwing kicks for both legs to the leg to the body to the head, push kicks. You know, punches. He is. 125 Drickers do plus C because you don't know what the fuck he's gonna do. But I'm just saying, you don't know what he's gonna do. You don't know if he's gonna grapple or if he's gonna strike in this fight, do you? You don't know. Um, no, no, you don't. It didn't make any sense for him to grapple with that Stephen Coslow guy, but he was doing it anyway. 
And and then you're like, and he uh, lost no. round. Yeah, but he all right, but he's like the no no yes guy. He's you're like no no yeah yeah keep I going. See, I see what you, you mean. You know, he's just wearing the motherfuckers out, wearing, wearing guys out, you know, beating them at their own game, just being a a, a volume bully. And uh, at, a, at a certain point, he'll probably overwhelm this guy, hit him with a, you know, big combo. I like this guy. I like his motor. Like I said, I think he's nasty. Like, I think he's looking to hurt people in there. He looks a little, I mean, there's something about these guys. I don't know what it is, man, but I don't know. Like, if anyone told me that they were like cyborgs, I'd be like, you know what? They're probably in fucking South Africa, bro. So just a little hunch. But something going on with these guys might, you know, wouldn't be surprised if one of them popped for being really an- anabolic. But, you know, Cameron Simon for sure going to fuck this dude up. I concur. Their next fight is in the lightweight division or light heavyweight division. Vitor Petrino taking on Marcin Prachnio. Odds for this one have Vitor as a pretty sizable favorite at minus 265. Prachnio plus 225. Ozzy, I remember last uh, last fight before Petrino, you came in at the last hour and you said, "I got Petrino here," and you you look, pre- you look pretty good uh, with yes. that with that one there. So, uh, what do you got for a second UFC fight here? Well, speaking of anabolic boy, we got Vitor Petrino. <laughs> we got Vitor Petrino, and the most impressive thing about that fight was, you know, the live number in that fight against uh, you know Turkali was the most interesting thing because I guess it was like. Some people thought it was 1-1 or there was maybe some doubt, but you could clearly tell that this dude was just not going to get tired and he was just going to keep bodying him. And uh, it was like plus money or like it was like even odds, maybe a little bit, you know, uh, maybe a little juice on it. But uh, man, I thought he looked good in that fight overall. I mean, obviously, is he is he technical? No, right now he's not technical. But early on, he is not like, you know, I think he knows that hey, you know, I got my power in the first round that I'm looking to land. Um, maybe, you know, Mixon, you saw the grappling, right? But that his horsepower overall, he's going to be able to outlast some of these guys, a lot of these guys. And we saw out fade so bad against, um, what's his name, Linz. You know, I was terrible. Um, and he was just circling around at some point and looking really disheveled and just like he didn't really want to fight. And, you know, he's just a big kicker. And, you know, do I think that me, like, look, it, the guy, practically, you know, he's a kickboxer. You know, Petrino sometimes comes in with his hands down. He's kind of just chucking hammers. You know, I remember one of the shots that he hit that guy Hadolfo with. You know, he brought that thing up from his kneecaps, dude. It was like an uppercut or something. I don't remember. But he was, like, he, they were just swinging from the, for the bleachers. But in that Turkali fight, when he started backing them up, I like seeing the takedowns come. And obviously, you know... practically has got no ground game at all, man. This guy came from 1FC, for God's sakes. So... I think Petrino should be able to beat him up, you know, take him down maybe at some point. But, you know, you just got to be on the gas pedal right away because if you get Prakneo some space, he's going to hit you with that body kick. And, you know, he's a, like a, the poorest man's Luke Brockhold, you know, try to get a game plan that you could put out there. Um, So I got v- Vitor Petrino. I think he should be able to fuck, you know, he should just be able to go harder go, and, you know, keep his uh hands up and uh, eventually take him down. So Petrino. Yeah, I honestly think um, the grappling is uh, probably going to be a factor here. Um, Vitor did surprise me as well in that fight with his offensive wrestling ability. Um, and, you know, that is maybe something I hadn't fully um, uh, weighed out in this in this fight because, uh, you know, Vitor, I think on the feet here, man, I don't think that his striking is very good. I mean, the dude is a freak athlete. He covers a lot of distance. He hits hard. Um, but in terms of, you know, technique, I think the guy is just kind of just 
throwing really hard shots out there. I don't think there's a whole lot of thought or a refined technique behind it. While Prochnio, I think, is, you know, the much better technical striker out of the two. Comes from that, you know, karate background. Knows how to use his his reach. You know, this guy, when he first got to the UFC, was thought of to be a bum. And then it just took him a while to get comfortable in there. But then now that he's no, kind of no, found he's his a bum, range, dude. Come on. Come he's not on. too bad. He's a bum. Um, Even though he'd be William Knight. <laughs> it was a great, yeah, but I laid juice on him in that fight. It was a great I'm bet. So- um. But, you know, he's just he kind of has realized his range a little more. He needs to stay at the the kicking range, stay on the outside, just try not to engage in the pocket. And he can do all right and win some fights against, you know, some guys. Um, but, you know, I do. I'm, I am concerned about him getting taken down here. But I think that eventually he will he will start to get up from those takedowns. You know, Vitor's top game, I don't think is anything good. I mean, he's kind of just hossing guys down to the ground, and he probably will be able to do that here. But if this stays in the feet, man, I just think that the, the big cage will be good for Prochno here. The the leg kicks, you know, this guy really chops legs, and he throws a lot of consistent leg kicks. So if if it's in round one and Prochno hits Petrino with a few leg kicks and Petrino starts limping in there, all of a sudden the minus. 250 favorites going to be looking pretty grim. Um, so, uh, and also, guys, these guys are light heavyweights after all. I know Prochnio isn't a, a big hitter at all, uh, but, you know, a one body kick, one, some, something that can always happen here, head kick, body kick. I think that, um, you know, Prochnio, for being the better overall striker, I, I got to go with him in this spot um, for a uh, three quarters of a unit bet um, plus 240 odds. Um, you know, he, he could get iced in round one, but if this fight makes it out of round one, I would be pretty surprised to see Petrino covering that big price. Um, but the guy is a freak athlete, so, um, you know, he might just keep overperforming, and I might be wrong about this one. So um, next fight's going to be a catchweight fight in the 130-pound uh, weight class. Um, Edgar Chira is taking on uh, Tatsuru Tyra. Tatsuru Tyra, massive favorite here over Chira is coming in on a... Uh, very short notice, uh, minus 1100 for Tyra, plus 725 for Chares. Um, don't even know if I'm saying this guy's name right. What, what do you think? What would it's your turn? Yeah, I know, but what do you think about the his my Hispanic pronunciation of is it? I Chires? heard like Chires, I heard like Chires, but Ch- um, Ch- okay, Ch- well, uh, Chires, Chires is fine. It's, it's gonna be tough to, to memorize those. Chires, hey, go, go with Chires, fuck it. No, Edgar, uh, it's going to be tough to get the pronunciation right because he will be in the UFC for such a short uh, amount of time uh, because Tyra is going to run through this guy. I don't think uh, Chavez gives him any pro- trouble on the feet. I think on the ground, it should be a pretty decent washout for Tyra there. Um, it just seems like a matter of is it going to be round one or round two where Tyra finishes this guy? And, uh, you know, for the price difference between the two, uh, I'll go. Oh man, no, never mind. The price is shit. Plus two fifty on round two. No, no bets here. No bets here, guys. Nothing I see appealing. Uh, what about you? Anything? Yeah, my boy Chires, he got some long ass limbs, so he's probably gonna get submitted, you know, at some point. But he's tough. He's Mexican. You know, I mean, he, his next fight is probably gonna be the maybe the winner, the loser of Shannon Ross versus uh, Aguilar <laughs> for sure. He's definitely gonna fight one of those guys either in Sydney or in the T-Mobile thing in the on the. A Grasso undercard, one of those people he's fighting for sure, no doubt. Um, but I mean, the guy, the guy's long. I feel he, you know, he he doesn't he remind you a little bit of that other Daniel Matos guy as well. I don't know the 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 Peruvian guy that's confiding a little bit coming up. Yeah, a little, yeah, bit. A little bit. That you know, they're kind of like long strikers. So we'll see. You know, the thing is, like I said, and he's got a long reach as well. That kind of I think threw me off. I think maybe it was uh only accentuated by the fact that that Clayton Carpenter dude is so tiny. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, maybe he will he'll have a few more fights in the UFC than you think, Martian. You know, he's got a few Mexicans that he's got a score to settle with. Uh, you know, like Jesus Aguilar, Victor Altamirano, of course. So there are a few guys that um that he could square off with. So I'll, I'll go with Tyrus submission round uh round one. Yep. Uh, maybe the only thing I'm looking at again is on the props is Tyra KO at six to one. You know, he does, you know, kind of posture up and throw ground and pound sometimes from bottom. So you can't um, knock out of Mexico. What about over under one and a half here? You think, what do you think? Under? What's the, what's the juice on that? Over is plus one Oh five. So no, I would take under for sure. Yeah, I think so too. Um, especially, you know, guys only coming in on a week notice. Um, next mm. fight is going to be a rematch. Uh, amazing fight. Amazing rematch. Fight. Light heavyweight division, Jimmy Crute, Alonzo Menafield. Odds for this one have Crute minus 125, Menafield plus 105. First time it was booked, it was minus 200. Crute plus 175 on Menafield. Uh, I had a bet on Menafield there. We pushed on that one. Um, but it's your turn to start this one off. What are you thinking um, about the rematch? Amazing fight. I love how, um, you know, in their last three fights, you know, Menafield's, you know, two wins and a draw, and Jimmy Crude's two losses and a draw. So, you know, something's got to fucking give here. And hopefully it's not another goddamn draw, right? <laughs> um, and because these men, both these men are fully capable, this is definitely possible to happen again. Like, what, 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 what's the difference? I want... Like, I'm not playing. If anyone wants to bet the draw here, I would do it, dude. If there's any fight that could go two draws in a row, dude, it's this fight. Because sure. uh, obviously both guys could kill each other, but they're both so durable, so tough. Like, you know, uh, at a certain point, I feel Menafield, honestly, like, he he gets to a point where he can't knock you out. Because, like, he throws so much in these early shots that, like, you could just tell it starts to wear on him. But I was impressed, man, that he didn't, you know, get submitted, you know, end up getting submitted there, um, you know, on a few occasions. Or just like the fact that when they were in that clinch area, you know, where they're just like pummeling and trying to hit each other and doing all that stuff is exhausting. Um, so, you know, I was impressed by both of them with doing that. It was a sloppy fight, obviously. So I'm thinking both of them will urgently look to fight in maybe some kind of different way a bit. Um, I think Jimmy Crew is going to want to get to get a takedown early um on 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 many field but um but i think he's actually gonna throw some leg kicks through here so i think we're gonna see some leg kicks maybe a little bit of a tepid you know a little bit more of a tepid pace um but then eventually they probably start going nuts on each other so what's been the overall sentiment have people like been liking this under here or this over like what what have you seen have, have, where have people been leaning do you think I have not been paying attention to that, no? but I, okay. I'm looking at it right now. The GTD is plus 275. That's what I'm like, saying. So. It just it just went the distance, and it's yeah, plus 275. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So this is what I'm trying to get at. I think we might see a little bit more of a tepid pace, some leg kicking, going back and forth from each other, because um, I doubt these guys want to do what they, just, what they did last time. So I'm kind of leaning on the over here is at minus 115, minus 110. You know, it's going to be right around there. So I'm leaning towards that. And then obviously when you do that, you need to maybe sprinkle a little bit on the maybe starts round three or it goes a distance and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I kind of like that bet a lot. And then if I had to pick a side, I would lean towards crew, which is probably, you know, a, a lot of people I think would just take Menafield. I don't like betting on Menafield. He's an enemy of mine. So like I said, it's a lean. But if I had to bet, but I think I will, you know, take a little bit of the over, you know, because that will be a fun over as well, dude. Like, come on, right? Like, imagine having goes the distance in the last fight, dude. What? Riveting. That's the best. Oh, my God. I, 
I see a lot of bets on this. I'm looking through DraftKings right now. I think they just added these within the past few hours, but I'm seeing a lot of bets that are catching my eye. I already bet, I already bet some of them. You're out of breath. I, You're almost out of I, breath, dude. I just bet goes yeah. the distance plus 275. I bet fight ends by split plus 1100. I mean, both those things just happened. We literally just saw these guys fight six months ago, and we just saw it a majority decision. The fight, we just the, the, the split is great because you think, like, like you know, the, the knockdown stuff – one guy maybe have the dominant grappling, one guy the dominant striking round. You know, Duffy makes sense. It's eleven to one on DK and five to one on on uh, bet online, so that that'll probably move quick. Um, but I'm also looking at I a bet I already made as well. Alonzo Menafield, uh, no scorecards minus one hundred five because in that last mm. fight, I saw you know one guy was you know. Uh, Menafield was was pretty close to finishing Crute uh, on the feet. You know, the ref, you know, had to tell Crute to fight back at one point. Uh, and then, you know, Crute did get on top. He did look to have some chances to finish. But I'm thinking if he couldn't finish a gassed out Alonzo Menafield, then, uh, you know, I don't see him finishing this one again. You know, I don't see Crute, you know, having the, the submission game to do it. So if anyone's finishing, I think it'll be a knockout from Alonzo. So that's why I like the no scorecards there. But the lines you mentioned over one and a half, I like that. Um, yeah, just just play for this fight to go longer. Like you just great point about, like you know, they're, they're obviously not going to want to go balls to the wall like they, they did before you know uh crude said i was so surprised by menafield's speed so he's probably going to approach the fight uh, a little more cautiously menafield's probably going to be thinking hey i i could have knocked this guy out if i was just a little more patient i shouldn't have rushed into the clinching went to the grappling so if he hurts uh crude here he's probably going to look to be a little more patient and, and try to find that finish so this really should go over one and a half it should go late um but I I got to I got to go with Manifield again. I mean, you know, he did. I mean, he was fuck he was fucking crewed up in, in, on the feet for eight or nine minutes in that fight, and he gassed out doing so. Uh, but um, one point I did see uh, John Stargarian make about this one is that this one's in America. You know, last time Manifield flew to to Australia to do the fight, and now this one's in America. Um, and you know, uh, crew kind of got some help from fucking bitch ass Mark Goddard. You know, you know, we see we see guys grab the fence, do poke each other in the eye all the time. The refs like, nah, I'm not taking a point. We see guys illegally knee guys in the head on the ground, and they don't get taken a point. And then Alonzo grabs the fence one time, and Mark Goddard's bitch ass tries to you know, takes a point. So racism, um, racism at work right there. Something's in the something's amiss. Um, but. <laughs> Next fight, enough about that one. That, that is electric right there. Uh, next fight, women's strawweight uh, <laughs> uh, division, Yasmin Yaraguri taking on Denise Gomes. Uh, Yaraguri is minus 350 here. Gomes plus 285. I mean, these are women. First of all, guys, they're, they're strikers. You know, you know, they can grapple, but pr- primarily strikers, no doubt about it. And one of them is 77.5% likely to win. Some books 80% likely to win. How many women strikers out there are 75, 80% to win a fight against another striker? I mean, Gomes isn't a bad striker of her own right. I mean, she just fucked up Bruno Brazil in her last fight, finished her in that fight. And Yasmin Yaraguri just lost round one to Estela Nunes in her last fight. So uh, I think this line is nuts. Um, you know, not a super confident, super confident bet, but I mean, how wrong can I be on three to one Gomes? You know, only a half unit, or actually, no, no, three quarters, last words. 
three, three quarters of a unit for me. I did I did this thing where I was gonna bet only a half a unit, but then I typed it into Bet MMA and it said like twenty nine or twenty four percent, and I was like, no, 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 I gotta I gotta add more, um, because I mean, guys, two women strikers, neither of them are bad. Yara Guri's probably better, but she shouldn't be more than like. 65 70 percent here so this this line happy to donate some on gomes here what are you thinking um you know obviously you know the ufc they set these fights up really good because even if yasmin loses to gomes then they got a girl two fight winning streak and then they put her on that brazil card that that curtis blades won so what i'm when i'm the only reason i'm mentioning this is they don't give a fuck about who wins right like these people be like oh they want this they don't really care who wins all that much. Like if they did, they could give um they could honestly probably give Yaraguri a easier fight than uh you know a girl that you know trucked uh what's her name Bruno Brazil in her last fight. But anyway, um you know in this fight, I just think that Gomes, you know, she's been in some obviously some some a few bangers here overall. So I think you know we know that this is a action pack fight. Yaraguri doesn't stop you know with the strikes. She she's a pace bully. You know, she hits the body, she hits the head. Um, you know, her grappling is not good. Um, but the Denise Gomes, I really think she has good control overall. So, like, to control an athlete like Yaraguri, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but I, this, this does feel like a potential banana peel slip moment for the Mexican prospect here. You know, looking forward, you know, she's seeing all this good stuff, you know, going on with Yair and, and uh, Moreno. And Grasso's got her main event. Everybody's like, ah, oh, pick me for Mexico Independence Weekend. Ay, 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 ay. And, you know, this is when you fucking, you know, you look past this girl and she hits you the right hand. And then, you know, you get, you know, club and stuff. So, yeah, you know, I, I could see it, dude, for sure. Definitely. I mean, this girl's not, like, a, the ho- most horrible 115-er. And 115, it's, it's hard to show parody, you know? So, I mean, also, they're not show parody. GTD here is minus 125. I mean, two women strikers minus one. They think you said that. Gonna... What there was one of those you said that, and there was a finish. Which one was it? <laughs> there was one of those recently that you're like, How could uh, this women? Finish? Yeah, women? it was women, it was two girls. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I, was, I don't, I yeah, doubt it, was, that. it was it was very recently, bro. But we could move on. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna need to find the receipts on that one. But, but don't you think my, 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 my 55%? I mean, I they're gonna 55%. bang it out though, dude. They're gonna bang out. Yeah. What do you think is yeah. gonna happen in this fight, bro? Now I think I think well, Gomes will probably win round one, and then Yared Gurry's volume will win her two and three, and she'll win a decision. Um so Yared Gurry's a lot better than Bruno Brazil, dude, is all I'm saying. So she's that gonna is, be that a, is true. looking to but the, lot, this the odds bitch. are he- the odds are heavy. I'm just saying she's right. gonna be looking to murder her for three rounds. Mm, bro, that's not that, the that, vibe, that, that's not the vibe Bruno Brazil was bringing. Mm, I don't Bruno Brazil I was not really trying that hard. I mean, she was not. That was a horrible fate by her. Um, next fight, one seventy welterweight division. Jack Della Maddalena taking on Josiah Harrell. Odds for this one: JDM minus nine fifty. Harrell plus six fifty was supposed to be Philly's own Sean Brady. Highly anticipated match. The market was moving all over the place in the betting line. Um, that one caused a lot of waves and then all of, all of it ended up being for nothing because, um, uh, Brady had to pull out second, second or third fight and he pulled out of, um, so yeah. Um, what do you think of a uh, Harrell? Did you watch any footage of him? Not too much about this guy. I see that he throws a few punches. He looks to get takedowns. 
He's just a generic fight. Like he shoot, she, you know, obviously you saw that that viral. He's just a generic fighter. There's not really anything special about him. He's an undersized guy as well. Um, I just feel that he's like a kind of guy who will um, he will be the kind of guy where Matt, um, Jack is kind of like hitting him with a few different shots, and then he's gonna look to like counter one, and then that's when bah, he gets he gets rocked with a hammer across his face. Um, but tough dude, I could see him, you know, eating a few shots that you think are fight enders and then him holding up, you know what I mean? So if someone's betting maybe a starts round two, something like that, you know, I don't think it's crazy. Um, but I don't really think there's a, the grappling, you know, for this guy, um, to give, you know, to threaten in, in regards to winning rounds. And obviously he's not, you know, I don't really think he could submit Jack. So I think Jackson to finish this guy, but maybe you know I w- I wouldn't really play around with the over one and a half, under one and a half. If I was to play a total, I would either be starts round two or you know whatever or or nothing. But this fight, the not the kind of fight I really uh, invest in. So pass for me. Yeah, I mean, not really much to invest in considering it's it's so short notice. Um, you know, you got it. I mean, uh, Harrell first of all looks okay. Um, you know, I think he. It, he has a decent idea of what he wants to do in every fight. And that's go out there, you know, disguise to take down behind some punches, hit takedowns, grind guys out on top. I think he has decent top control, decent ground and pound, uh, but he's going to be way undersized here. You know, I, he's not going to have any striking to get any respect from Jack Della here. And it, that's going to make it pretty hard for him to get takedowns. So he probably is going to get hit early and often here, probably gets put away in round one, uh, minus 200 for, for Jack in round one. I mean, that's probably about right. Uh, I mean, um, I would say maybe, you know, Jack did just submit uh, club and sub Randy Brown and Jack sub round one is 18 to one. Um, So maybe that's the only thing I can think of here is maybe hope that the same thing happens. He drops him with a punch. uh, Harrell shoots a takedown. Jack taps him out or something. Um, So, yeah, that's the only thing I can think about there. I've uh, criticized that on Twitter already, but I know you guys are are uh, are always following my tweets and enjoying the negativity uh, and pessimistic tweets about the UFC on there. So no need to to repeat it here. Last fight on the prelims: a sad day in MMA. Robbie Lawler's retirement fight, taking on Nico Price in the welterweight division. Nico Price is the favorite here, minus two forty. Hobby Lawler minus two oh five. Um. Robbie Lawler is just like probably one of the coolest fighters ever. Honestly, like one of the coolest guys, one of the coolest fighters ever. Great, great career. And let's hope he can pull off one more great moment in MMA round off the career with a nice, even 30 wins and beat Nico price. here as a two to one underdog, because I mean, I was just talking about his accolades, right? Robbie Lawler, Probably, I'd say pretty comfortably top five welterweights of all time. Right up there with GSP, Usman, Robbie Lawler is right up there. Probably number three. Um, and Nico Price, best welterweights of all time, he's probably like 150th or something. So um, 
you know, just at their at their peaks, Robbie is so so much better of a fighter. So with this line right now, you're thinking minus two forty price. Uh, Nico Price must be in much better shape. He must be in much better physical shape. He must be doing better in the cage lately. Not really, man. This guy has looked fucking paraplegic in there in his past few of his fights. I mean, he he actually was one of the few guys to get outlasted by Donald Cerrone in the past several years. Um, you know, he lost both rounds to Phil Rowe and, and then uh, got knocked out in the third round there. Had a really close fight with Alex Oliveira where he kind of landed like a takedown in the last 30 seconds of round three to steal him that fight. Um, so Nico Price, I never thought was that good overall and i think lately he's looked you know tragic so i don't understand where people are getting the 70 percent nico price from here i mean he, there there's i mean it's not like robbie lawler has even been looking super chinny out there in the last fight his last loss against barbarina i mean he was whomping barbarina on the feet just going he, he just you know blew his load there i mean he he uh thought he was gonna run through him like he did nick diaz uh but then you know after six or seven minutes of non-stop strikes from Lawler, he did slow down. Barbarina took over. So if Robbie Lawler can just pace himself a little bit better and, you know, maybe take take some some of the percentage off of his shots here, I think he should be able to just pump out strikes and outstrike Nico Price here. Nico Price is going to need a knockout to cover this price. Uh, I, I don't understand how anybody is thinking he's going to cover 70% here against the legend Robbie Lawler. So hopefully Lawler can pull it off one more victory as a, as an underdog here. I got one unit on him at plus 225. Uh, and yeah, I think this line's kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, so 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 um, old fight or last fight here for old Robbie Lawler. You know, like you said, in the in the last fight against Barbarina, um, I don't know, you know, what happened there too much. You know, Barbarina, that was just interesting how he was just throwing, like, kind of throwing with Robbie and, I don't know, just ended up gassing him out there. But, you know, he was throwing shots with, like, the Nick Diaz almost way, which was funny because, obviously, that's the fight that he just came off of. But, like, not a lot of power just hitting Robbie, you know, coming back in the stands, doing it again, and just throwing crazy volume out. But Nico Price, on the other hand, I mean, you know, once he starts getting tired, like, his technique kind of gets real sloppy. You saw that in the full row. Uh, fight when he was kind of like chasing them lunging at him you know uh he's out of his stance and he's just right there for like a hook from robbie lawler or a, a bunch of these you know huge shots that he is fully capable of throwing and if you're telling me that maybe now in a fight against nico price you know nico doesn't fight kind of quite like barbarino where he's looking to uh you know throw a lot of you know punches your way and kind of you know staying staying in the pocket um and all uh Robbie should be able to conserve a little bit more gas, I guess, make some of the punches count a little bit more, and uh, maybe use his kicks a little bit here. But overall, Nico Price, you know, he's uh, after he's had a bunch of these knee surgeries, right? He goes out of there when out there with knee sleeves. He's not the most uh, fleet of foot, I would say. But obviously, I don't want him shooting on Robbie Lawler. You know, um, I remember uh, painfully the the um, fight where Neil Magny just you know russell fucked robbie lawler and i was like man what like what is going on here like th this should not be happening um obviously i don't think he could do that um but if it happened you know it would be a bad way to go out but you know it it happens i guess to the best of them sometimes but i do like i mean over two to one on robbie lawler definitely in for sure so count me in Sounds good. I, I want like I wonder how many times in his entire. I mean, he was to Neil Magny, but like Neil Magny, Colby Covington, the guy sees two to one over are like proven top ten guys 
and that has never been Nico Price. So, um, main card time, five fight main card. Um, a first fight is a card that uh, a fight that took a hit earlier this week was supposed to be Bo Nickel versus Trayshawn Gore. Instead, it's Bo Nickel versus uh, Valentine Woodburn. And the odds for this one are minus 2,500 for Bo Nickel, plus 1,200 for Woodburn. I'll start it off with you. Did you watch any footage on Valentine Woodburn? No. When did this fight get announced? I don't know. It got put together a bit before. I saw a few, Pretty a few sure clips. It was Monday. Monday. I saw a few clips of him. I did not see any fights of his in in its entire in their entirety. Um, I mean, he's a little. He's I guess a little like somewhat the same size as Gore. Looks like he might have a little bit more power. Looks like no, he's, he's got to be shorter. Short, that's what I meant. Like I, he's like stockier, I should say. But um, he um uh, he looks to like they he'll throw with power, and that's the, like the thing with um what's his name, Trishon Gore. Trishon Gore just sometimes he gets timid, and then you know once. Uh, Bo gets him in like one grappling cycle. It's gonna be over. But this is gonna be the same thing, dude. Like Bo Nickel, like how, like I said with Grand Dawson last week, man. So these guys they get these takedowns on you, and before you know, it's like us grapplers are prior and it's tough with the striking. But on the ground, we're able to do three or four moves before some of these rookie guys, you know, or even guys that are like a blue belt or a purple belt, even before they do one move. So that's why you see it be a blowout a lot of times, you know, when, when you're gra- in the grappling department um, for some of these fighters. Um, whereas, you know, in the striking, you can't really do these, you know, uh, you can't really move uh, all of that too much before the other guy counters you. And when you do, you know, you want to set up the angle, blah, 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 all this bullshit that you need to be quick and stuff like sometimes with. But with the grappling, it's just some, it's just natural for these guys. So I think Bo Nickel is going to throw left hand, step inside, shoot a double leg, take him down, finish with probably like that same kind of arm triangle that uh incorrectly, right, Martian? Like like you told me and uh and scrap. Uh he'll he'll, he'll finish his arm triangle incorrectly, just like he did the last time. Um yeah, but I think it will I yeah, I, I think it will still induce the submission at three twenty one of the first round. Yeah, I mean he definitely could he needs to work on the arm triangle a little bit. He was doing a lot of things wrong. I could probably help right. him out with that. But um mm-hmm. You know, I, I, that's, that was just a very simple submission for me to learn. I, I, I That was a, right. a big go-to of mine uh, back in my, my competition career. And then, um, you know, Use I, it all the people, time. I see people doing it wrong all the time in the UFC. It's very frustrating. Right. The, the head to the mat is a big thing. Once you get the hands class. You got to come out with the technique the of the week, bro. The technique that, of the week, bro. That is true. Well, if he struggles with it again here, I'll, I'll, I'll hook him up with a tutorial for That's free. your call to action. That's your call to action. Who names their their son Valentine? Um, dude, also, I don't know the the, the Woodburns, dude. <laughs> clearly, this guy, um, this guy also kind of looks like a little bit of a, a Alonzo Menafield. Relax. If, you, <laughs> okay, if you took Alonzo Menafield and shrunk him down a little bit, um, you would you would get this guy. But I mean, he looks terrible. Honestly, he looks horrible. Just bre- uh, breeze through a few of his fights, and he looks so so mediocre and everything. Um, so Bo Nickel is probably gonna you know drown him and submit him in the first round. Just a matter of KO or sub. It'll probably very likely be sub. Lines aren't out for the props yet. Uh, but the over or the under one and a half is minus four twenty five, which is about as juicy as you'll ever see in under one and a half. Um, probably rightfully so. Um, so that's going to move us along. Uh, to, what's funny though is this fight is really not that m- l- l- less interesting than Trayshawn Gore would have been. So uh, next fight, lightweight division, fun fight here. 
all fun fights uh, for the rest of the card. Dan Hooker taking on Jalen Turner. Jalen Turner still getting steamed. Minus 280. Dan Hooker plus 240. Man, just I think seeing seeing Dan Hooker as a 240 underdog here is starting to feel pretty wrong mm. to me. Um, mm. You know, Jalen Turner, uh, you know, he was finishing a lot of guys coming up to that Gamrod fight. And I thought that there's a chance that this guy might be really, really leveling up. Or there's a chance that he might have just been styling on guys who are way worse than him. And I think he did okay in that Gamrot fight. Uh, but I really just kind of saw the same fighter that we that Matt Frivola fought, uh, you know, back in 2019. Really not too much different between those guys. Um, actually, Matt Frivola beat him easier than, than Gamrot did, for what it's worth, for people that are interested in, in that comparison. But, um, you know, J Turner on the feet, you know, I think – his boxing defense still remains pretty bad. He doesn't really move his head off the center line too much. He kind of just relies on being, you know, bigger and longer than these guys. Uh, and I think, you know, Dan Hooker's chin is weird. You know, we saw we saw Arnold Allen hurt him and bum rush, and we saw Chandler rock him with a punch and put him away. But then we've also seen him go to war with Dustin Poirier with with Paul Felder. We've seen him, uh, you know, his chin look good. So his chin is weird, man. So if Turner uh, hits him with a big shot in the first few minutes of the fight and finishes. Him, I wouldn't be too surprised, but I think Hooker's got one of those chins where he really just needs to get hit a few times to wake up, and after that, he's good. He's kind of like Julian Rosa. Um, but mm. I, I think that I think that you know, if this fight gets out of round one, I, I just don't see Turner covering you know 250 300 here, man. I really don't. The guys who Turner have has gone out of round one with and beat Jamie Malarkey, Brock Weaver, Josh Coolibau. You know, we're not really dealing with uh, the cream of the crop here. So, um, cool about is, is good, but that was that was up a weight class for him. Um, <laughs> cool about is the one you got to double back on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the one who does. Although he did, but he the, his most impressive win, Uros Medich. Honestly, I thought he looked really good in that fight. That win is aging well. Um, so I don't know, man. I just think that that Hooker is a big, big step up uh, from the some of the guys that that. Um, Turner has beat. I think I don't, I'm not really relying on Hooker wrestling success here. I think people are kind of thinking, "Oh, Hooker's going to come out wrestling." I don't. I nah. really think. That, I really think that this fight will stay on the feet. And I think that if Turner doesn't get Hooker out of there, I think that this is actually going to be a lot more competitive than people think. If Hooker is is in that flow state where he's throwing his front kicks, he's he's mi mixing up the straight punches, punching to the head, man. I think this fight's going to be close, and I think Hooker's going to be live at 240. So, uh, hopefully, Hooker can win. He's, in my opinion, a, the cooler fighter. Uh, so hopefully he can pull it off here. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hooker Hooker knows how to grapple, but I mean, there's no he's not really he's not gonna win this fight with grappling, I don't think. I mean, maybe if Turner is super rocked, yeah, he maybe he'll take him down and then finish him on the ground or this guy gets gassed, but it's not really happening. Like this guy Hooker, he's a career, you know, martial artist, not career martial artist, but he's been in MMA a while, but just the grappling's not that great. But I like Hooker as well here a bit. Only because, obviously, he's got the reach as well, right? So I think, you know, he's a technical kickboxer. He, you know, uh, come up with Adesanya. So, I mean, he's the tall guy. There's a lot of tall guys over there in that city kickboxing camp. And, you know, he just has a lot of rounds with, you know, guys in that long range, you know, aspect of the fight. So I think the biggest uh, factor in this fight is what do you think about Dan Hooker's durability? Can he take some, you know, body kicks and, you know, maybe body shots from Jalen Turner? Some, you know, some of those big whipping uh, hooks that you know Turner has. He throws some 
uh, some punches with like some unorthodox like arcs a bit here. Um, but he's got like the leverage that he gets on the end of those shots is really significant. And you saw Jamie Malarkey, you know, right after that last punch landed when he like he contemplated life and he's like, you know what, dude, I'm going down, you know, because my head is rattled. My skull feels like it's broken. Let me go to the ground. Um, and, you know, I'm knocked out. But, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, if you were on Hooker, if you were on Malarkey, if you were on Bridell, you got to fucking go back to the well with Dan Hooker. Um, unless you don't, you know, unless you're smart, or, you know, you want to maybe avoid Jalen Turner. But I feel <laughs> like Jalen Turner is gettable, dude. He's gettable. You know, um, I feel like there's some areas where he's got a, he showed, shows like the low motor. I feel sometimes as well as these fights go into those, you know, second and third rounds, you know, I think his cardio is, is not that great at 155. He cuts a lot of weight. He was saying he's doing this and that in, in Abu Dhabi and he gained weight or whatever the fuck. This guy's a big 155er. So I don't know if that's the best thing for him. So it should be, I think it could, there's many iterations of this fight when I try to play it out that is close be via game planning. And as well, via just, um, you know, I, th- I think that uh, Hooker's a good person to carry it into those, uh, with a game plan into those rounds. So basically going into the second, the third round, trying to keep it technical kickboxing, turn up the pace, wear him out. So, you know, Dan Hooker here, and uh, maybe with a finish here as well. So, you know, maybe look at his KO number, submission number, KO 600. Not not the best, but I think that's respecting him a little bit as well. So it's good. I think he I think he's live here. I'm looking at some numbers here and I don't I, I don't I can't tell how relevant they are, but I'm gonna spit them off anyway. Jalen Turner, some of his recent opponents, Mateusz Gamrot's uh strike accuracy, sixty-nine percent, Malarkey strike accuracy. 59%. Brock Weaver strike accuracy 70%. So the guys when Turner is standing and treating with guys at distance, he's getting hit. He's not exactly like a defensive spawn. He's kind of relying on that big moment, rocking you and finishing you. But man, I just think if Hooker if his chin is is in decent shape here, which I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, he got he got put away by Chandler with the big punch. He got put away at by Allen at 145. Uh, you know, Edson Barbosa ripped him to the body and put him away. But I, I think that Dan Hooker is getting written off a little too soon here. Um, I would say, too, um, you know, Jalen Turner, a lot of times, too, he doesn't really dodge leg kicks because he just looks to counter you like he did Brad Riddell, right? He does right off of a leg kick. Um, but with uh, Hooker being a little bit taller, I don't think the hands will be a little bit of a, as much of a thing that you could counter with. And I think that Hooker, you, if you remember the uh, Paul Felder fight, Hooker used that calf kick a lot in that fight. He really mm-hmm. fucked up uh, Paul Felder's calf. Um, so I definitely could see that being a factor here on, on both sides. You know, Jalen Turner does fight both sides, but I don't think it matters. Like, I think Most Hooker could hit it both. Yeah, I think hitter could, a Hooker could hit him no matter what. You know, even go southpaw and hit him on the calf on that side. So I, I think the low kicks, I think, will be there for, or uh, something that Dan looks to use. Also, last point about this is Hooker coming off the Poilus win. You know, Poilus isn't good, but I think he approached that fight very well. He just looked like he he was extremely well prepared. It looked like he game planned. He drilled everything. He approached the fight really well. He executed it perfectly. You know, I mean, that was a good, very good performance. Uh, I got some faith in, in the hook here. Um, so we're moving along to the uh, middleweight division, premier division in the UFC. Robert Whitaker um, taking on Drickus Duplessis. Um, DDP, as some call him, the odds for this one, Whitaker minus 400, DDP, 
plus 300. So, Ozzy, you've got to start it off as a historic DDP backer. What are you thinking about the toughest test of his career? Amazing fight here. You know, I mean, although I would have lo loved to see DDP fight Izzy right off the bat, I mean, he is uh, trying to embark on the toughest two-fight uh, deal in the history of MMA. Like, I need someone maybe to come up with, if he won these two fights, what would be a crazier two-fight win streak? I don't know if there is a, a better back-to-back -back than, you know, what he's about to do. He's about to take on what, what the whole oceanic region. He's trying to take on the whole, like, he's trying to do what his ancestors, I guess, couldn't do. Or did, did, the, did the, uh, the Dutch, did they get to fucking uh, Australia? I don't know. I, I wasn't that great in the right well who settled on in south africa i think the english didn't they there's I, definitely I don't know. some dutch there's definitely some dutch shit going on over there i'll and, research and, it while you talk and, about the fight i'll get back yeah, to yeah. It. there's definitely some dutch stuff going on over there in south africa i know that for for certain um but you know i just love drickus because drickus he just he's all about fight, insane fights fighting whoever he needs to fight. I mean, he's gotten a few soft ones, obviously, softballs, but he don't need them. He's not asking for them, really. He's like, hey, look, I'm looking to finish. He reminds me, like, every time. I just think he's so cool. He reminds me of, like, Johnny Bravo. because, Like, if Johnny Bravo became an MMA fighter, like, he would feel, I think he'd be Drickus because he's, like, you know, just super jacked up top, right? Like, you know, looks like a, a white gorilla, not, not, you know, impressive, you know, legs at all. And it's just in there, kind of like, you know, like these gorillas who just chuck and hammers and hooks, you know, I guess. He's like the Francis Ngannou of uh, the Middleweight Division. To, I had to Google Johnny Bravo. I did not know him. That is insane, dude. That is, uh, I mean, you should watch, I mean, Johnny Bravo, amazing cartoon uh, back in the, I guess, the a 90s. Little, little yeah, a little before my time. Also, you were right. The, the, Dutch, the Dutch did colonize yes. South Africa for about 100 exactly. years. Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So I paid attention. So thank you, Mr. Fairley. Shout out. Um, so, so yeah, it's just going to be great. You know, obviously Robert Whitaker, after he got knocked out by Izzy, I remember I was saying, Hey, I still got this guy. Number one as my number one middleweight. People are like, man, that's crazy. Obviously you look what he's done since, right? He no finishes in about six years, not for a lack of trying. I mean, um, I feel guys respect, obviously Robert Whitaker a ton, right? You saw what happened with, you know, Marvin Vittori, he would have gotten knocked out. The thing is, like, Marvin, look how tough he is to knock out. But he also has got pillow for fists. Like, at some point there, he just stopped really trying and putting himself in danger. It's like in jujitsu when a guy's, like, really not trying to escape, get up, you know, submit you back, sweep you, anything. It's kind of hard to submit them because they're like, it's like, all right, well, the whole point is I'm just going to hold you here. Or I'm going to just, you know, in MMA, that's why MMA is better because you can just elbow their face in if they can't get up and they're not doing anything. Um, but in striking, it happens as well, you know. Um, but Whitaker, obviously, it's not going to be a problem for Whitaker in this fight because Rickus is looking to take his head off as well. But I think we might get the best version of Bobby Knuckles that we've ever seen because I think he feels he's getting pissed. He's getting perturbed at all this talk about these guys and U UFC Sydney and there's no talk about UFC Sydney for uh, like Robert Whitaker. Like, who's Robert Whitaker gonna fight on that card? You know, this is this side and the third. So, you know, I think that he's ready to do a lot of fucking vicious beating to Drickus Duplessis. But Drickus is ready for it, and I think he's gonna look to grapple at some point, get to some stalling positions, right? Maybe some back clinch positioning, some you know double under positioning. I think he is going to eventually look to tie Robert Whitaker up, shoot over some leg kicks for sure, no doubt about that. 
But the hand speed of Robert Whitaker, I think, is going to be there for him. He just needs to look out for the counter because there's just sometimes where Drickus just decides he'll close his eyes literally to like block some punches and he'll like close his eyes and then he'll just decide that he's going to like let out a burst back at you. And if you're not ready for it, man, he will knock you the fuck out. So, you know, this fight, I'm going to be so, you know, my heart's going to hurt. You know, it's going to be going back and forth. Um, At the end of the day, I do think Robert Whitaker will clip uh, Drickus a few times, hurt him, you know, maybe finish him, maybe not. I do think I lean towards the finish because I think Rob Rob is out for blood. Um, But this is a, you know, spectacular fight. I'm definitely going to need a smoke break after this one. It it is a spectacular fight, but I, I share the same sentiment where I'm a little upset um, because DDP is on this great streak. They had this beef going with D, with um, Izzy, and you know I think it is extremely likely that DDP is going to lose this fight, and then he's going to be way to the back of the line. Um, so and and Izzy doesn't have a fight booked right now. You know he he doesn't have a clear contender. You know Strickland and Cannonier are both kind of uh, you know knocking at the door, uh, but you know DDP he he's what had. Four fight, four UFC fights, four finishes. No, five UFC fights, four finishes. Coming off a knockout over Derek Brunson on a pay per view, uh, f- four wins on pay per views in a row. Like it was time. He should have fought Adesanya. Um, so kind of uh, they boofed it a little bit there. Um, but you know Whitaker, I just think is gonna is gonna fuck him up. Honestly, I just think that that you know nothing that DDP brings to the table outside of pure horsepower is gonna confuse Whitaker. Um, you know Whitaker is a stud defensive wrestler. There's don't see Drickus taking him down. He's a, a really solid striker, defensively sound, offensively potent. You know, great hands, great kicks. Uh, just truly a tremendous fighter. Possibly one of the best fighters ever above uh above welterweight. You know, in all the weight classes. Um, and you know, he's probably going to fuck DDP up here. Not sure if he's going to finish him. I'll go with no, I'll go with, it will somehow stretch to like the third round. So I would be maybe looking to play like starts round three Whitaker three decision. I wonder what that is on FanDuel right now. I'll pull it up. Uh, I, I think it'll pro- probably be about plus one, one fifty or something for Whitaker or three decision. Um, it is only plus 110, unfortunately. Um, so I think you're better off just going with starts round three around pick them at, the, at those odds. Um, and just, you know, just hope the DDP is tough enough to, to take some shots. I mean, he is tough. He is very durable. Um, so, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. A little upset we're not getting. Uh, it'll DDP be fun. It'll be great. This is the best fight of the year. This is nah. the best fight. DDP number one his ass fucking kick, bro. fight. Number whatever, dude, it's gonna be fucking great along the way. The fact that they Hopefully. give Robert Whitaker are actually a real opponent, Marvin Vittori, that was a bullshit ass opponent. Some bunch of bullshit there. Marvin He's Vittori a bigger favorite. Like a fucking, He's a bigger favorite. Marvin, perfect, dude. Marvin Vittori fought that fight like a fucking pussy, dude. And he I did. usually don't fucking, I usually don't fight her bash, dude. But I was really upset that night because I really wanted to see Robert Whitaker. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to see a body on the floor. All right, one way or another. I really don't want to see a Robert Whitaker body on the floor, but goddammit, if it has to happen, and let DDP <laughs> be the fucking one to do it, dude. Let it fucking happen, <laughs> is, is how I feel about it. But, um, but I'm just glad, dude, because, like, Robert Whitaker's been foaming at the mouth, dude, to really kill someone. He, I don't, he hasn't had, like, against Kelvin, dude, he was just too nice to him as well. So this fight's going to be amazing. It's the best fight they made all year. Um. Ozzy's excited. 
on DDP will be back. Even if he, <laughs> even if he loses, bro, like the middleweight, it's kind of a crapshoot uh, at the top where, you know, one or two wins in a row can get you to the title. So um, next fight is a trilogy. Um, what, the first fight was on tough, technically an exhibition, but this is basically a trilogy champion. Brandon Moreno taking on challenger, Alexander Pantoja odds for this one champion, Brandon Moreno minus 200 coming back with, um, Pantoja as uh, actually 210 now for Moreno plus 180 for Alexander Pantoja. Pantoja won the first two fights, submitted him in the first fight, 30, 27 them in the second fight. Um, and actually I think there was a 30, 26 in there. Um, and now uh, he's the underdog, you know, a, a sizable underdog, plus 180 uh, versus the guy he's beat two times. So uh, that obviously indicates that that Moreno has improved more of the two. He's looking fresher lately. And, you know, an angle that, you know, Ozzy and I both, you know, kind of missed in the Figgy fights is like Figgy won the, you know, the first one, lost the second one, won the, the third one. But like they kept redoing the fight over and over again. And the younger guy with less miles on him was Brandon Moreno. So if they keep making the fight over and over and again, eventually it's going to favor the younger, fresher guy. And it did in the fourth fight, Moreno. And I kind of get the same inevitable feeling this will happen here. Um, but I do suck at predicting rematches historically. Uh, but, you know, the, the way I'm thinking is rewatching their fights, you know, today, Pantoja is actually the one, you know, outstriking him on the feet in the majority of, the, of that fight. I mean, he's he's boxing Moreno up. He th- didn't even need to take him down in the second fight. The, the first fight, he submitted him. The second fight, he just outboxed him on the feet the entire, the entire fight. Um, so... Uh, it has been five years since then. Moreno has a whole new confidence in him. He, his cardio is great. His durability is great. His striking has gotten a lot better. And it seems like Pantoja has kind of lost some confidence in his striking. It seems like his cardio has become a lot more unreliable. Uh, and, you know, I definitely think there's some very real questions about if Pantoja can go the full five rounds here. Um, we're getting a little feedback in your mic, Ozzy. Can you uh, unplug it real quick? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So um, I, I am concerned about Pantoja. You know, he hasn't gone the full five rounds. I mean, he's the round threes that he's been in have been pretty sketchy. So you can only imagine what four and five are going to look like. Meanwhile, Brandon Moreno been in a ton of five round fights lately. His cardio has looked incredible throughout some of them. Um, but, you know, there's definitely got to be a psychological element. You know, Moreno has lost two fights to this guy. He, um, you know, is definitely going to be, you know, weighing that weighing on his mind coming into this fight. Uh, but I early on, man, I really do think Pantoja can give him trouble both on the feet and on the floor. Uh, obviously, he is, a, you know, a gifted back taker, great grappler. You saw the way he just murdered uh, Alex Perez in his last fight. And. Uh, I think, you know, with Moreno still being open to being taken down, we saw some some of his tendencies. Once he gets taken down, he gets up the back. He did that in the Formiga fight. He got taken down a few times by Figueredo. So I think Moreno will be there to be taken down. He, he will be his back will be there to be taken. And on the feet, you know, Moreno is still hittable. His whole game is kind of absorbing one shot to land two shots. And it works because he's, you know, durable as hell and can go the full five rounds. But early on, I think he he's going to be getting hit. And I think he's going to be getting taken down if he can survive and not get finished he probably will run away with it in the third fourth and fifth round but moreno is just like a live betting type of fighter in my opinion i you know he tends to start slow and i think pantoshi is probably going to come out the gate fast you know putting putting some pressure and some volume on him here so um 
Pantoja is the side money line for me. I'll definitely be cheering for Pantoja to pull it off, but I don't actually think he will pull it off. I won't actually pull the trigger on Pantoja money line. The only bets I have on the fight are actually on Moreno. Moreno, 3-4-5 KO plus 750 on FanDuel. Really like that one. Um, and then I also like uh, Moreno, 3-4-5 sub at 25-1 to on FanDuel. Um, for a, a smaller bet, but I just think with the with the proven cardio edge of Moreno, with Toja's cardio looking suspect, I think the third, fourth, and fifth rounds will favor Moreno here, and Pantoja might look for a way out and get finished. So I like both those lines. Yeah, these boys are going to get into a scrap on Saturday for uh, for that flyweight belt. Um, you know, Pantoja definitely been waiting for this for a while. Um, you know, he lost. I remember when he lost that Askar Askarov fight. Afterwards, he got like knee surgery, came back. That was like a factor in me taking Manal Cop. Obviously, he beat Manal Cop, Manal Cop, but was looking a little, little shaky in that third round. Um, and then he had the two, uh, I guess, submission wins uh, afterwards, but over um, Roy Val and what's his name? Uh, the other dude, uh, Perez, that yes. we were on. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've usually bet Pentoja fights very often. Um, you know, it, but in a fight like this, it's just you're looking at it, you're looking at the over, and then you're looking at the Brandon Moreno money line, right? Obviously, the money line's been getting bad on the Moreno side. And then in the over, right, neither of these guys, I, other than that, exhi- right, the Renaked Choke was an exhibition, exhibition fight, right? So neither, neither of these guys have been ever finished, right? So they've only lost by decision. Um, You know, the over, I guess, is like minus 170, I think, the last time I saw it. Um, but then you're kind of thinking about it. You're like, man, like these two dudes are super hungry. Um, they know each other's games really well. So, you know, maybe do, do one of them, uh, have like an added wrinkle in there to, uh, to maybe promote like a finish. And I do think Brandon Reynolds, uh, grappling has gotten better, um, especially offensively. Um, so I think a good defense maybe for him is a good offense. Uh, in this case, you know, you don't really see Pantoja too much uh as like a guard guy i mean he he has some sweeps i mean he has some slick stuff that he's done like against Asgar and stuff like that but uh you know i think they, they should negate them each other there um pentoja's cardio right obviously a worry in, in in the finishing of the fight and then you just see moreno like in that third round against uh Picard fronts that body kick he rips off like but even other than that like i think out right before that is when he got up but he just runs like like the fervor that this little motherfucker has in these you know three four five you know four fourth and fifth rounds is a little bit different than some of these other guys. So you know I think it's a tough uphill fight for Pantoja. But when I say uphill, it's up. It's like downhill first, then it's uphill, right? Because it's like he starts off, and you know obviously he can start off a fight like uh, Alex Perez did. But the thing with it is Moreno has so much experience. He's so savvy. He's got the UFC machine behind him. He's got the the paychecks rolling in. His fucking agency. Oh, they're like, oh, look, we 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 uh, rented an office and we got this huge, nice mat space in here. So obviously, they must be paying us something, you know, decent. That you know, all this stuff is going on. You know, Pantoja has been laying in wait. Hasn't been in you know too many contentious fights after that knee surgery and even when in the ones that he has like the oscar he just never looks really good in the third round so i like moreno here um i'm a tr- I'm, I'm gonna bet something in this fight i'm not sure what yet whether it's gonna be the money line a prop or or like a prop for moreno or, or maybe a total 
But I find myself investing in this fight. But I like when Reynona end up winning this at a certain point. I'll definitely be watching this closely on a live angle. Um, because Moreno, I feel like he could just turn, he he's just a very flexible fighter. Like, I feel like he could change the game plan really. Like, if 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 Pantoja is boxing him up, like he said, he could be like, fuck it, man. I'm just throwing these kicks. Like, you know, he didn't really use that many kicks that I, I feel early on in his career. And now I feel like it's a definitely a good, a great tool for him. Um, along with his wrestling and his get-ups, and he just got a great MMA game to him. So I like Moreno here to to keep the belt. My hope is that um, Pantoja knows he's getting that that championship money. He invests a little bit more into the steroid cocktail, gets some EPO in the system, gets the cardio figured out, and he goes a hard five rounds backpack of Moreno here. That would be my hope. I'm kind of a Moreno hater for some reason. I don't really know why. Um, probably because I like Figueredo. Um, but main event time for the unifying featherweight championship. Interim champion Yaya Rodriguez taking on reigning defending champion Alexander Volkanovsky. Odds for this one have Volk minus 350, Yair plus 285. Your turn to start this one off. Featherweight unification belt. Who you got here? Any bets you like? Cool fight. You know, um, Volkanovsky, I think he should just fight at 145, honestly. You know, I hate this shit. Oh, one, uh, one division is not the one of the division will keep you plenty busy, dude. You know, especially when he hits like 35. Um, respect, you know, the guys comes in with the good game plans. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm actually very interested in seeing this one because, you know, Volk traditionally, he's a leg kick merchant, dude. Like, hell, you give him, you give him, uh, you give him one punch, he'll give you four leg kicks, dude. And uh, that's how he 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 rolled to the top for the most part. Um, but you know, obviously, he's probably not going to really want to be in too much kicking range against Gary. Although he will use his kicks. That's the thing. That's that the style matchup here. Because I'm always interested how people approach these Taekwondo karate dudes because they're fucking scary, dude. When these guys are running around throwing those shins at you and and those feet, and you know, and then they karate chopping you with hands or back fisting you and throwing up elbows. This guy, Yair, should be in movies, dude. I don't know how this guy has not uh, made out, uh, you know, tons of money being some, you know, doing a novella or a fucking movie. You know, they need to get him on, get him on, uh, onto something. Um, maybe uh, he replaces Jackie Chan in uh, the next Rush Hour. I heard they're going to remake that. But um, so Volk, I think he's going to jab his way in. I think eventually he's going to look to take Yair down, plant him on the ground. You know, be like real, like hips heavy. You know, dropping ground and pound, passing off. You know, leg dragging a, a leg by Yair, riding him from the back. You know, looking to punch. Um, but I think it's gonna be hard to finish this dude, Yair, because his cardio is insane. I don't know if he's on drugs or what, or if it's elevation or the Mayan or Inca blood. I don't know what it is, dude. They said he's training at some temple. I don't know what's going on with the guy, but his cardio. That fight against I remember the the Korean zombie one where he hit him with the elbow. Dude, I came in the next day. I would not shut up about it at work. And one of the guys is like, dude, show me what. And he after after I showed him, he couldn't shut the fuck up about it at work for, the, for like three hours afterwards. Um, but that was an elevation, dude. And that was a crazy ass fight. Um, so I think, you know, Volk is going to have to mind his P's and Q's. With Ortega, like he just saw the spirit of Ortega leaving him. Like with every strike that he landed. Um... But with Yair, that, that doesn't happen, dude. It's like the fire intensifies. Like, 
the the you know the fire just you know every time you hit him it's like you know you're trying to you know uh pound them out and he's like you know one another leg comes in and starts elbowing you with you know more energy so i can see this fight going all five i think i saw some action on the the under today right i think that that uh you you were talking to me about it, right? Uh, we were talking about that. Yes. But it's gone down further, correct? Right? It's yes. now minus money, right? Minus 140 now? 130? What is it? Well, it, it, it opened to minus 165, and then it got some buyback on the over, and now the under is getting hit again. Well, the four and a half is, I'm seeing it now. 135. Is one, well, okay, well, so it is 135. So, man, I, I, I honestly think it's going to be real tough. But obviously, the thing is, when you're thinking of a Yair fight, how is he going to win? It's going to be kicking this dude Volkanovski in the head overall. Um, but I could just see this fight going the distance, man. I feel, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. You know, I'm gonna lean toward this fight going the distance, going over. You know, if you could find a maybe a three and a half or something like that. Uh, I don't know what the juice is, but look to snipe it. But I just feel that you know there is going to be a pace for goes for uh, for under. But I just think it's a little hard to hit Yair and hit at his range. Um, and Volk is gonna be buying his P's and Q's. He really doesn't want to lose that belt. That championship money is really nice. They're paying these guys a lot extra now. I heard this from you know primary source. That prime deal, but the that that Aussie deal, that Australian deal that they signed, uh, all three events, bro. These guys get some good money off of that. Like, you know, these guys specifically in that local market over there. They're huge. So Volk wants to keep that money train flowing. I think he'll minus P's and Q's here. Slower fight. I'm going to go with a ghost distance. I hate to tell you that you're way off on this one. That this will end inside the distance. Um, we got some bigly CLV on the line. Um, the thing is, is the Volkanovski, I understand Yair is tough. Um but this is this is a fight where you would rather have the under because it, it might somehow stretch the full five rounds, but it will be like a scenario like Taporia and Emmett where like there are near finishes in the fight. There are moments where you think the doctor is going to stop it. There are mo- moments you think the corner is going to stop it. I mean, if this goes the full five rounds, Volkanovski would have p- put a tremendous beating on Rodriguez. So... Um, if it go, if it somehow stretches the full five rounds and Yair, you know, looks insanely tough, I'm okay with losing on the plus money under. Um, but you know, I got plus money plus one twenty four on the fight to end inside the distance. Plus, I don't know, dude. Don't you remember the even the shots he was hitting Korean Zombie with, dude? Looks like like Yair is gonna eat all that shit. Honestly, he I is. don't think so, bro. I don't think he so. He is, dude. Yeah, but, like, yeah. the thing is, but Korean Zombie was eating all those shots, but even the referee was like, this is too much. Like, he, you are literally eating 10 punches a minute to the face. And a similar thing might happen here. Yeah, you're um, right. The leg kicks, the leg kicks from Volkanovski mm, could, you know, kicks. limit limit the limit the Rodriguez movement. He could honestly take down and pound Yair out on the feet or on the ground. He doesn't. I don't see like a TKO happening from that. I I do I do sort of see what you mean. Like I I have a hard time seeing like the exact finishing sequence because Volkanovski doesn't really drop guys clean on the feet, and Yair, you know, his long legs kind of help him get. Bro, guard. this guy's he, scrappy, bro. He never quits. He never quits. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he gets hit a lot. He takes a he lot. Got, of he, 
when he gets hit, he does react a little awkward. Like a few times, Emmett hit him, and you're like, "Whoa!" You're like, "But listen, what I'm saying, you remember some of those elbows Emmett was hitting him with from the ground, and then he gets his wits back about him, and he just triangles him." I'm like, "Man, this guy's tough, dude." If it yeah. was me, I would have tapped out. That was that was impressive that win. Um, but I just think that it, he's going to hit a wall here if he can't head kick uh, Volkanovski in the first round or two. I think he's going to be drawn pretty thin. It should be all Volkanovski in those late rounds. So I got Volk ITD, fight in ITD, Volk three four five, um, and uh, you know I, I think Volk's going to you know dominate honestly. Uh, Volk would be. I think I think Yair will give him trouble in rounds one and two, but I honestly don't even think Yair is going to win those rounds. I think I think it'll be around round three or four finish for Volkanovski here. So um, that'll do it for us. Um, but we do have one more thing, Ozzy. You, you, let's introduce it. So I, I was telling Martian, I'm like, hey, Martian, let's do like an extra a new segment. And I had to explain it to him, guys, uh, for a long time. I explained it to him earlier in the week. I explained it to him again today. And then I asked him if he knew how to play, and he totally bought it. But regardless, water under the bridge. So we're going to do Hopefully, you guys can understand it better than we're I We're going to do a fuck, marry, kill, okay? Now, what I'm going to do is I'm gonna, we're going to give each other three betting lines. Now, it could be any lines. It could be money lines. It could be a round prop. It could be a, a total, whatever. doesn't matter, right? Obviously, people are betting a lot of different lines, okay? Now... One thing that Marshall was very hung up on, guys, he, I, he, he was, he was uh, reluctant because he was, he was like, well, what if you give me something, uh, you know, three lines that I really like and I have to kill one? Like, why would I kill a line? I'm like, Martian, you're not killing it overall. You're just killing it in comparison to the other two. And he really, guys, cannot wrap his head around that one. Okay, but so uh, disclaimer, if Martian likes all three lines, I guess maybe he'll fucking tell you. I don't know, dude. But just because Martian said, guys, just if Martian says to kill a line doesn't mean that you can't bet it, right? Soccer, right? I know. You know, I, I, he really was, 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 was uh, hung up on that. that he thought it's if basically... he killed the line, he thought if he killed the line, that you guys would be like, why would, no, like, you guys wouldn't understand that he might want to bet it still, basically... even if he killed it. It's, it Ozzy's going <laughs> to say three lines, and then I'm going to give which I like big, medium, small, basically. Uh, and I, and vice versa. Every, every everybody everybody understands it's suffering. Okay, Martian. So you you ready? You you're batter up. All right. So we're going hooker inside the distance. All right, plus uh, five hundred. Okay. Okay. So th- so that's one for you. Hooker inside the distance plus five hundred. Pantoja money line plus one seventy five. And let's do the over one and a half in Manifield versus Crew. Fuck Mary Kill. Between those three lines, Martian, go. Fuck. Um, would be <laughs> would be Pantoja money line. Okay. Marry over one and a half Menafield. Got it. Kill Hooker ITD. Got it. Okay. Oh, it's a, and I actually messed up. It's not. It's not. Uh, big. It's not big, medium, small. It's medium, big, small. Because the Whatever, fuck dude. the fuck is a smaller <laughs> investment than the Marius. Okay, um, so my three Perfect. lines, all money lines, all around Left. the same price. Nice. Da- Daniel Hooker money line plus two forty. Robbie Lawler money line plus two hundred five. Marching Prachnio money line plus two forty. Damn, all the all the high ballers. Okay, 
So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna fuck. Um, I think I gotta man. I got I'm gonna fuck the Robbie Lawler money. Uh, the money line because you know I want I definitely want some of that. You know, it's definitely some investment there. I'm killing Prackneo. I've never yeah. been a Prackneo guy. That guy, that guy could never step foot in the octagon. No sweat off my back. And then we're obviously marrying Dan Hooker because Dan Hooker, proven lightweight veteran, you know, taking on a guy right here who was going to give him the type of fight that he wants. Experience. Not retiring. Him. Also, he's not retiring. Not retiring. Not. Re- he just got new tattoos, bro. He's got to get a few, you know, octagon picks with the tattoos on his shins. So he's definitely not retired. So that 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 would be. I, I think you would agree with those. That that's how you probably would have done those. I was actually think. I was actually thinking. I would. I would swap. I would. I would go. Uh, Prackneo. Fuck, fuck Hooker. Yeah. Marry Lawler. Kill Prackneo. That's what I said. Oh no. No, no. no you said. You said marry. Uh, right. You said marry Hooker. I'd, right, sw- I'd swap them. Yes. So um, sounds good. That will be it. We'll see how the people like it. We'll see if everybody understands it. You know, you know, not. I don't think internationally, fuck, marry, kill is played. No, Martian, it is. It is internationally. Internationally, absolutely. I don't know about that. Yes, dude. I think all, uh, all humans. All humans. Um. Well, uh, well, drop a comment if y'all are in a different country. Do you have fuck, marry, kill? If so, what's it called in your country? Um, but uh, that'll do it for this week, guys. We got a uh, international fight week, uh, fun pay per view going down this weekend. Another card next week. Uh, don't guys, don't look at the card for next week. I warn you, just don't look at it. Um, but uh, we'll be back before that one before with the podcast. So uh, thank you to Ozzy for joining me as always, giving some hard hitting analysis. Hope you all enjoy the fights, win some bets, and we'll see you all before the next UFC event next week. Peace out, everyone.